Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Joining us on today's performance, people, is a Hollywood star and his personal trainer and friend. Stanley Tucci is an actor, director and producer who starred in movies such as The Hunger Games and The Devil Wears Prada. Joining Stanley is his personal trainer Monique Eastwood, whose client list reads like a who's who of Hollywood A-listers. These two performance people truly know that the only way to get results is to put in a graft. You refuse to be weak. Being, being as weak as I was, was... Um, incredible frustrating isn't even the word i was so angry about it i was i was furious i was embarrassed about it i knew stan really well um, and i knew what he was capable of and i also knew um because i'd been part of their family i knew what what a trauma he'd gone through um so i had to just give him back his confidence in, in himself In the efforts, guys, to get truly under the skin of both of you, we've done a little bit of research, obviously. Um, our first stumble into the forays of research came in the form this morning yep. of a Negroni. This is one <laughs> we made earlier. I don't know if we made it as well as Stanley would make one, but we tried. I mean, what, what is the key when it comes to making a great Negroni, Stanley? Um, don't be afraid. Try it. Uh, of the fact that it's that it's all alcohol, um, yes, and that's what people get. It's got some punch, about. isn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it's three different kinds of alcohol, and obviously, if you shake it, you're diluting it. If you let it sit in, in your ice and you're having it on the rocks, it's going to dilute. But you don't want it too diluted; then it's just kind of gross. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the thing that people go, "Oh my God, it's all only through." But actually, the mixture of them is so perfect that if you do it right, you won't. It doesn't taste alcoholic-y. It's funny, actually, that because I thought I agree with you. I, I thought it was going to blow my head off this morning. I mean, I've only had two sips, so there is still work to be done on that. But, but <laughs> you'll, it, you'll it, it doesn't there, yeah. taste that alcoholic-y. <laughs> I, I agree with you. There's something very smooth about it and quite silky. 
Yeah, because the the combination of the sweetness of the uh, of the vermouth and the bitterness of the Campari just work so beautifully. They sort of hide any alcoholic taste that the gin would then impart. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Monique, as, sure as Stanley's trainer, one. presumably you're saying to him, can you not have too many of these over the course of an evening? Because the next day you're presumably trying to get him into the shape of his life. I mean, what, what, is, what is your advice to those of us who, you know, like in moderation to eat and drink well? Well, I do too, don't I, Stan? I'm, I like my food and drink. So you just got to, you know, <laughs> you just yeah. got to moderate and you can't just blast it every single day. If you're doing it for the weekend or... Like for an occasion, that's okay. But you, you've got to put your training in. The training is really important. Yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, I, you know, I love to eat and drink, obviously. Don't, I don't do either to excess. You do it in moderation. And you, and the exercise I find is the thing that, you know, whether you've eaten a lot of pasta the night before or red wine or whatever it is, the, the, you know, you're just purifying yourself the next day. You're purging all that by exercise. And I'm not one for sort of um, purges in general. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. purging one's system. I, I, don't, I don't do that. I believe in just a sort of consistent, mm -hmm. moderate uh, diet with, you know, supplements and exercise. And so far, so good for the most part. I'm not, I'm not an extreme person, am I, Stan? I, I do know how to enjoy myself, but well, I do pull myself in. Yeah, yeah, you're a little extreme. I mean, we, you know, when we have, when we, when we hang out, <laughs> now when we hang out together, like we'll be eating, like if we do it, you know, you, if you come and stay at the house or we stay at your house or we go someplace and we all are vacationing and we'll make those big lunches, right, that I love to make. I'll eat everything. With wine, of course. And then at first you see her panicking that we're going to have this big lunch. You see it happening. And she goes, what are you making? Oh my God, you're going to make that? Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh, my no, no, no. butt is going to be great. Oh no, I can't, I can't. Well, we're going to have to go for a walk afterwards. We're just yeah. going to have to do this. And we've already done like a great workout. You know what I mean? So like, I'm done. That's it. It's over. Okay. He's she's advantage. already thinking at three o'clock, I'm going to have to go for a hike. We're going to have to go for a swim. And we we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do another weight session. And I'm like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> She's usually on my side. Shut up. Sit down and eat. And then she does. And then, and then she tries to get us to do another session. And I go, no, I'm not doing another session. <laughs> Forget so it. it you off do it the next knock morning. yourself out. I'm not. Yeah, knock yourself out. So you bribe her with a 10-mile jog. I bet Ben's like that because you got that sportsman's head. Well, I'm a little bit I try, uh, trying to avoid yeah, drinking during the day, I think, trying to avoid that. But <laughs> yeah, um, apart, <laughs> well, from the, apart from the gronies in the morning. Well, it's but I'm it's not, not sure working today, is it? No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. But um, but no, if you if you have a big night, definitely if you're having some some wine or a big meal, the next morning you kind of feel like you've got to try and get it out of your system if it's going for a jog or yeah. a workout or whatever. No, it is. but I I think this separates the athletes from the mere mortals. This conversation because 
Absolutely right, Stanley. There comes a moment where even if we have had a binge or something, like a big night or a, a big lunch or whatever that may be, you will still put on your trainers and go for a silly run for a decent length of time. Whereas I'm the same. I'm kicking back. I've relaxed. I'm done. I'm out. Like, try and get me the next day. You're not going to get me the rest of that day. So you do have this sort of inner driven steel thing, you guys. Yeah, sort we of do. This, just this professional approach that's ingrained in you to just keep working harder and not have do you have ever have an off day Monique ever yeah no, I do I mean not as I've got older more not when I was younger no <laughs> never had an off day when I was younger but no when I'm old now that I'm getting what, older what? I definitely do have an off day but I don't I don't have the choice to have an off day but actually maybe my husband would disagree and I, I think I'm always like I like to be active all the time I mean, Stan, you know that even on a Sunday, I just, I get restless. I can't sit on the chair, on the sofa. I know, I know. I have, to, I have to just be busy. Yeah. No, and I think that is one of the reasons why we, we, we also get along so well, because I can only sit for so long. Mm. And then I have to get up and do something. Like if I don't exercise for more than 24 hours, I start to short circuit. Like I can't <laughs> even, no, I, I can't think straight. I can't. If because if I'm traveling or doing whatever, you're you know you have those horrible sort of shooting schedules, and and I go like two days without a workout, I literally am about to like commit myself to a mental institution, and it's 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 fascinating because you it just gives me any everything I need, and and even if I am taking a day off like today, I probably I probably won't exercise today because I've done it, you know I need one day. Mm -hmm. to not do it but i'll i'm writing now but i'll only be able to do that for so long and then i got to get up and move. and move you know whether and usually that movement means i'm cooking <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean which maybe isn't a good thing but but that but i know what you mean i can i can only like when we go down to we've been to the maldives right together yeah i can do that for a little bit and then i'm like you're restless. Uh, you know, we've exercised, we sat around, we had a nice lunch or whatever. But then I'm like, okay, now what? Now we got to, I got to go somewhere. Yeah. I got to do something. I got to move. Like lying you know, on the beach. Even if it isn't enough. exercise. No. Yeah, what? No, yeah. Lying on the beach, beach isn't, it, isn't enough. But no, I, I go completely crazy. And the other interesting thing I found about it is I always thought when I was younger, oh, well, you know, as I get older, I'll just slow down a bit and I won't have that restlessness but it doesn't seem to be the case does it it's almost more so as you get older that you feel you feel more restless at times if you're not getting that that exercise you hit. do fall asleep at about eight o'clock every well, evening in front of the telly in fairness yeah granted maybe that's just the company i'm keeping i don't <laughs> he's killed himself although stanley i will say yeah, I will say we, we, we decided to watch again for about the upteenth time The Devil Wears Prada on Saturday. Was it Saturday night? Yeah, and I didn't fall asleep oh, through that, so it must be a good movie. He loves a, ro he loves yeah. a rom-com or something of that genre. Absolutely loves it. Gets truly well, stuck in. I'm very flattered. <laughs> yeah, I'm take that as a big compliment. Yeah. That's an A-star rating for you. Monique, one of the, um, yeah. one of the uh, things uh, we did ahead of, this, ahead of this pub was I decided, I don't know quite why I agreed to it, but I did, obviously, to partake in one of your sessions on Friday last week. 
um, and thought, you know, let, let's let's give this a go. Let's step into Stanley's shoes and see what it's like to be in this live environment with Monique and taking me through a training session. And I am still slightly hurting today. So I don't know whether to love you or hate you in respect to that workout. But what is it that you, what journey do you want to take your clients on? Because they, they can come on it in many different forms. But for you, what's the most important part of this trainer-client relationship? Um, well, I would say that I always want to get the best out of a client. And I can usually see what I can get from somebody from the first few sessions. Um, it's always really interesting for me mentally how I can push a client because I think that's always what holds people back. Um, you know, we're more capable than we think of pushing our bodies. And it's just fascinating for me as an ex-dancer who really loved what I did and pushed myself to my extremes just to see, you know, the average person going in the gym and pounding it out. And I just find, you know, don't they want to find a little bit more that they can, you know, discover about themselves. So that's the first initial thing is pushing that that mindset a little bit further. And then, you know, the rest just sort of happens once the personality comes out and then you can, you know, it's it's connecting with somebody. You it's it's not just walking in there and giving them a set of exercises. It's it's a connection. How many of these training sessions are you are you doing a week with Monique? As as you say, you like to keep right on top of your fitness. So how how often are you um are you uh, signing up to what Monique's uh, selling online? Well, it, de it depends on my, it depends on my week. If I'm filming, it's hard. Um, but she will. I'll go on and do some of the taped stuff, or she'll send me a session that she's done with Felicity. Um, uh, so now I've been doing. I've been doing just a, I think a couple a week yeah, a couple recently weeks. with you. And or a taped one, and then uh, our usual Saturday morning um, yoga, an hour of yoga, sometimes sort of power out. yoga, sometimes stretching, sometimes both. And then in between that, I do my own workout, which is my own body weight, weights, and always incorporating some of her, her stuff into it. So it, for me, it's, it's, six, it's six days a week. And, and her stuff... I actually, I have to, I, I'm doing Monique <laughs> is so brutal sometimes <laughs> that I'm like, if I have a lot of stuff during the day, I'm like, no, I can't. Like I literally cannot <laughs> do her work. I have to do my own workout because I, I'll just fall asleep in a meeting or I'll just be limping around and I can't do it. Do you know what I mean? Or if you have like a 12 hour shoot day, you're like, I cannot do her. But today. I can be, I can be kind. <laughs> You can be kind. No, hey, listen, Monique's classes used to be, and they used to all be an hour long. And I, I will take credit for saying, look, people can't. No, he did. <laughs> people yeah. can't do that. They don't have shout. necessarily the time, but also they'll, they'll die. They can't be able to do their jobs. So you need to do half hour sessions. And, but the funny thing was when she started doing them, this is my favorite. You're much better at it now. But when she started doing them, she would do them so fast because she was trying to basically put an put hour into in. a half an hour. <laughs> and, and I was like, what are you doing? No, that's awful. We can't even, we don't know how to make a transition. We can't. But now they are, I have to say, I did a, a couple this week. They're absolutely the greatest thing Thanks, ever. Thanks, Because they're so, 
focused and you you walk you know after 30 minutes you think you, you feel like you've exercised for like three days straight but in a good way posture yeah posture. you are very no you are you are you are super you are super inspiring i guess one of those things about time is a big problem for everybody isn't it mm -hmm. i know that the, the guys who run ben's human performance team within the sailing team they often say how frustrated they get by the fact that they've created this um workout plan for you and then you'll dive off stage left to take you know care of another meeting or you'll go and have a technical chat with the technical guys and not prioritize the fitness i think that's one of the things that often is the first isn't it to fall over in a lifestyle if you don't keep on top of it yeah you've got to keep on top of it yeah you really do i mean stan you're very disciplined though you've got that consistency you you, you know for you it's part of your lifestyle it's become a habit you know and it's a good habit you love doing it um you you, you mix it up as well it's like the stretch sessions the, the hit sessions then you do your weight. You know, you're not just doing one sort of one-dimensional thing. You're doing lots of different no, things. No, but you, you know, you, you really taught, you really taught me that to, you know, to to really change things up, and obviously do more stretching, which is which is crucial. But the the constant sort of ch changing every day the muscle groups you're using and and how you're using them has made the biggest difference for me. Good. And also when I was sick, I mean, you know, I was what? I was like 20, let's see, I was like 20 pounds lighter than I am right now. You were tiny. And I had lost 35 pounds from my illness. And Monique brought me back slowly, slowly, slowly. And it was really hard and it was really frustrating she and this other trainer that I have and but she was incredibly patient with me um, even though she's not a patient person yeah. and it was <laughs> it was amazing I mean and it, and I'm in 10 times better shape than I was before I got sick how do you go about doing that and somebody's somebody's had a consistent pattern of training and they're in a they're in good shape and they're you know all guns are blazing and then suddenly as stanley's saying they get this diagnosis and it's you know blows your world apart and there's so much to consider along alongside that how how do you approach it from a training perspective to try and get that person back on track but carefully and quietly and in the right time frames well, again, I would say you have to get inside that person's sort of head in a way because um, I knew Stan really well um, and I knew what he was capable of. And I also knew, because um, I'd been part of their family, I knew what, what a trauma he'd gone through. Um, so I had to just give him back his confidence in, in himself. And, and that's a slow process because, you know, it was such an extreme illness. It's such an awful thing to, to try and recover from. Um, and I just think it just took time and, you know, patience. We trusted each other, and I think you've got to trust each other here um, and just give give as, as much as you can deal with on that certain day. Reading the character of that person, is, he, is his energy good today? Uh, you know, what, what expectations is he going to give himself? I don't know. It was a very sort of oh, slow, you know, methodical Take your time, build your core back, build your strength back in your center before you lift heavy weights. Uh, and, and it did happen. It happened, you know, over a period of time. I used to visit Stan at the house. And I think that was better than doing it online because 
it was much more connected. Um, but yeah, I know it, it was a slow process, but we got there. Oops. And we, we did eventually. Mm. And with Daryl as well. I mean, you, you've I got your other trainers as well. We worked together in that sense in the same, we had the same mindset on how to, to bring Stan back to his, his former self. Yeah, I think that the the key thing that you did for me, like you say, is you're very, very good at reading. Uh, you have incredible uh, sensitivity to to people, and and you're very good at, in essence, reading the room and and certainly reading the person. So you know what somebody you see if somebody's trying to push too hard. You see if somebody's trying to get is getting frustrated. You see <clears throat> if somebody is cheating. Them, themselves by not just quite getting that leg where it should be. And you're like, no, just lift that leg up just a little bit. You do it. And then everything, of course, you know, completely changes. Um, you're, you're so good at it. I've never actually met anyone who's as good at it as, as you are. Even on, you know, when we're doing it on, um, you know, Zoom or whatever. Like you see stuff. I don't even know how you see it. But you're just you're just really good at it and really aware of it. And that was the thing that for me, I mean, if you're a healthy person and you're working with you, that's great. If you're an unhealthy person like I was after I was sick, to work with you was a real gift because it was like you were working with uh, a person who was this incredible trainer, but also like a psychologist at the at the same time. And and uh, it was it was amazing. How's that been, that sort of transition to going online? As you say, of course, you'd ideally be with your clients face-to-face, -face, but can't often do that. But how has it, it, it been tricky to make that transition online, or has it just sort of come naturally and people still pick up those, those personal traits, nuances? And I guess the form, right, the technique yeah. bit, that is the tricky bit, presumably, if you're not in the room with the person. Well... I think, like Stan says, I, I obviously knew all my um, private clients, so they really know me and they know how I prod them with my finger all the time and I'm very tactile. So they knew my oldies. I, they all knew me, so that was all right. The transition was much better for them because they knew exactly what I was doing. It has been a, a little bit harder for people I've not met um, because then I've really got to sort of explain myself. And that's why if you do listen to some of my <laughs> recordings on the app, I sound quite frantic with my instructions. I'm trying to breathe, <laughs> do the exercises, and give you all these millions of instructions that you've got to think about because I've seen it all before. So I'm kind of gasping for breath while I'm trying to give you as much information as possible. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quite good at sort of understanding how the human body works and moves so I can see traits and what why is that person not doing that well and what could be going wrong now I, I think you know it's, you learn it's not obviously as good as being in the room with a person definitely not um, but you are able to you are able to uh, see enough on screen and give enough instruction to help a person through a workout safely and with enough uh, technique Stanley, one of the interesting things that you, you mentioned just then was the fact that you think you've come back stronger and better after the illness and having sort of trained post that and, and got yourself to a, a really good place now. What, 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 do you think, um, what do you think that's about? Because I think other people that, I mean, my mum's my a cancer sufferer, so we know, we know how that can really hit you very hard as a person. Um, and what do you think... Um, uh, is the reason for that? Is that just sort of a very disciplined approach? Is it um, 
there's been a metabolism increase. So what would you, what'd you put that down to? It's a number of things. <clears throat> One is you refuse to give up and you refuse to be weak. Being, being as weak as I was, was um, incredible, frustrating as in even the word. I was so angry about it. I was, I was furious. I was embarrassed about it. I was uncomfortable within myself. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I just thought, you know, I've always wanted to stay strong as I've gotten older. And suddenly I went from, you know, what was I, 58 or, you know, 57 when I was diagnosed. I thought I suddenly went to feeling within, within literally like three weeks, I felt like I was 80 years old. And that lasted for a long period of time. I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs when I finished treatment, barely. Um, so it was a refusal to stay weak. Uh, and, and then in order to do that, the key thing was, was my core, was strengthening the core again. And a lot of people, now it's a word that we use all the time, but when I started exercising, you know, f almost 50 years ago, the, nobody used the word core. Mm. There's this thing as core, pelvic floor, or anything like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, you work out your biceps, you work out your chest, you work mm. out your whatever. And now, you know, we all are aware, and, you know, weight trainers talk about your core, and, you know, and... For me, strengthening that, Monique was the only person who could do that and, 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 and help me get there. So everything radiated from, from there, which is not what it did before I got sick. That was not the way I worked out before I got sick. And the testament to it is that, you know, when you're laying down and you cross your legs and then you just stand up you know, with the, yeah, from yeah. the cross-legged sitting thing. There was, I couldn't even come close mm. to doing that before I got sick. Couldn't do it at all. And now... It just swells it's up. It's like... <laughs> 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 like a flower in the spring. He does. He just emerges. <laughs> and, it, I, and a total determination, presumably, to not be beaten. Determination. To actually get on top of this. Yeah. Yeah, pure deterrent, because I, you know, I loved athletics when I was young, you know, I loved playing soccer, you know, football, uh, um, you know, tennis, skiing and all that. And I was determined that I was going to be able to do them all again. Uh, uh, there was no way that I thought age will, will stop me, but I'm not going to let the, I won't let this stop me. Now, that's a, that's Money, a great person to work with. That is a great person to work with because yeah. they've got you've already got a determination there. Um, so yeah. it's just you know trying to give them that patience to with themselves and stand. Then we sort of put it yeah. into a positive light, saying, "Okay, well, let's retrain the body now. You've started at a base level, and let's come back even even better and really with more awareness." And and that was a that's a nice positive way to think about how to come back from a place where you're in such a you know such a low place really. Yeah. And in a, in a practical sense, where do you actually start? Do you start with the breath? 
is that where you start and then you and then you build on that i mean how do you how do you approach it monique from a practical point of view i mean i know people will have who are dealing with disease and issues um which are problematic for the body there will be um days where you have good days and bad days but how how do you best approach it and how much time do you give to that that's an interesting question because, I, as Dan said, I'm quite an impatient person, so I kind of throw everything at that person, and they're like, well, it's so much information. But I, try to, yeah. I, I think the breath is hugely important because if you don't understand how the breath helps connect your core, and the breath is connected to your core, obviously, then you, know, you really have to slow it all down. But then slowing it all down, some people get really bored because they think, oh, my God, all I've done is breathe for the last 10 minutes. So you've got to try and put the breath with a movement and then try and get them to have that rhythm and that coordination with both things happening. Um, and then throw a movement in as well. And then over, over time, and you don't expect to get it in the first few sessions, but over time it starts to, it starts to become a habit and you can see that person's now applying breath with the core connection, then the movement, uh, and it's, it becomes more of a rhythm to their body. So I would just say it's patience and time and being consistent that is really pays off. It's not just like once uh, every two weeks you do it, you pick it up, and you're never going to have it as a habit in your body. And we talked about this before, but your clients like Stanley are very busy, got hectic mm. lifestyles. How do you create the flexibility for them in their, in their everyday lives so that they can, if they can't do a full hour, they could maybe do 20 minutes? Is there a sort of shortened version? you're good at grabbing that. You're good at grabbing minutes, whereas I'm like, if I don't have half a day, it cannot be done. It's a different <laughs> no, approach. Dan, you, no, we're good. We, uh, we're, we master of adaptions. Master of ad you have to just keep adapting. Stan's really good at that. And he'll t send me a text. I've only got like, 20 minutes or I've only got 40 minutes or, uh, you know, we'll adapt because we, at the end of the day, we want to train and we want to make that person the best, mm -hmm. strongest version. So you'll make, uh, these are your clients. I mean, these are my clients and I want them to function every day in the best, best way they can. So I'll, I'll find a, I'll find a time and they'll find a time to, to connect. So I think we've done pretty well over the years. I mean, it's been a long journey and we've always managed to connect so whether they're in france italy wherever you are we, we we seem to connect with each other so you know it's happened yeah there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. No, it's really it's really important, and you you're always so generous, and you know making time for everybody and or just recording stuff and saying, just go to the thing and there it is, you can, you can do it there. 
or yes, I'll work with you at this hour. Because it's really important because, you know, I don't, pe- don't think that people really understand the bizarre hours of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, uh, and usually unnecessarily bizarre hours of filmmaking, let's just say that. Because a lot of filmmaking is just an exercise in how not to make a movie. Um, and and <laughs> why how is it to so use time early, as inefficiently as possible. Right? Why, is, why is it so early? I mean, why, are, why do they have pickups have at like no 6 a.m.? idea. I, the whole thing is exhausting. I can't wait till it's over. I mean, it's like, it, it, you know, it's like, it's just, it's insane. A lot of it is just um, <laughs> the inability of, for, of people to, communi- to communicate with each other. And when they do communicate with each other, it functions really well. I mean, there are people who make movies. Steven Soderbergh makes movies very quickly and they're very good movies. You know, then you have those people who sit there like for days on three shots, you know, and 17 hour days. And you're like, what's happening? What is that about? So it's a very frustrating thing. And, it, and what it does is for you as a person, you know, just trying to have a sort of a normal, trying to create a normal routine within this abnormal routine, you, you have to figure out a way to work out. Because if you're not working out, you're not going to have the energy you want. You're not going to be eating right. And you're going to be on set for hours and hours and hours a day. So for me, I always tried to keep it as consistent as possible, no matter what the hours are. So if, if you have to do a workout at, at five in the morning, you have to do a workout at five in the morning, and that's that. Um, and, and then you have to bring your own food because you know the food you're going to get is so bad. that Well, I was going to... Yeah, I was going to get onto that. I mean, it's one thing to have unsociable hours and try and make the training work, but what about the food? I mean, presumably food on set is as bad as food at sporting events and wherever else you might go to, you know, where we, we can share sort of similar stories on that. So what 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 is it like? I mean, presumably, do, do you take your own because you love to cook as much as you do? Do you cook for the crew? I mean, is that a thing that you like to do because it's a, a sort of a way to keep cook. things you normal? You can't cook for the crew. You can't cook for the crew because you're you're so busy, and you you can and also the crews are huge. Unless you're doing the documentary <laughs> show that I'm doing, which is like eight people, but you can't cook for a crew. You 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 could have hundreds of people on a single film. Mm-hmm. So how do you make it work? Um, I bring I cook my own food, and I I bring my own food, uh, because it just gets worse and worse every year. And the, oddly enough, the, one of the worst places to eat um, movie food, you know, catered food, is in Italy. Is it? Probably some of the worst food I've ever had in my life. That's And you wouldn't think that. Mm-mm. No, it's really sad because you know you're filming. You know that a mile down the road there's a restaurant that's an incredible restaurant. You can't go to that restaurant because you're Can filming. we have... Can we can we clarify something uh, with regards to spaghetti bolognese? Because I'm really stuck here. Because you've, blo- sure. you've blown my world apart by by suggesting that spaghetti should never be served with bolognese. Is that correct? I'm afraid so. Oh, and I'm sorry goodness to, sake! To disappoint. I mean, you can do it. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Not even my children who will be eating it. <laughs> we've, been, we've, we've been getting don't it wrong me. for the last forty plus years, but. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what what is the correct what is the correct form to serve bolognese? It's it can be a number of things. You can do usually it's it's tagliatelle or fettuccine 
or even like a um, like a city or like a little rigatoni or something, even a half rigatoni. Those would be appropriate to eat with bolognese. And nothing dried. Uh, no if dried you were pasta. to serve spaghetti bolognese in Bologna, I don't know. They might who know they might arrest you or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, the Italians are so extreme. So when Just Stan comes down, but do you guys? Stay. Can I? Can I ask? Can I ask you a question? So you, your guys' diets, is it, do you have a specific diet that you follow or are you, are you omnivores or are you, how does it work? What do you do? I eat you? everything, Stanley. I eat absolutely yes. everything. I am, I am like a dustbin for food, but for good food. And my, my problem will always be, in fact, I've, I've not been taking as much care as I should have been lately of myself with two young children in tow and everything else. But um, yeah, as I hard. said to Monique the other day, actually, I, my, my pleasure is food. I love, I love good food. So if I can keep on right. top of my fitness and my health and everything else in order to eat what I want to be able to eat, that's my absolute perfect equilibrium balance yeah. i'm happy with that if i can keep on top yeah. of everything by being able to eat nice things and that's fine ben on the other hand is you love your oh, food too good. but you are so much more disciplined than i am aren't you you are you are able to say no uh, gee, well because i've got a you know i've got a sporting challenge i've got to i've got to make a certain way in for competition and those sorts of so that yeah. that forces me to i think if i didn't have that then i might be a little bit weaker yeah. In terms of my diet. <laughs> and I could be more helpful and, cook, and yeah. cook less things like spaghetti bolognese with dried pasta and actual spaghetti yeah, maybe, instead yeah. of like a <laughs> Yeah. But, but you have I to mean, come like, in at a you you have to come in at a certain weight. That yeah, that's right. That's right. So we have a crew, we have six of us on the boat on on the yeah. circuit that we're doing at the moment. And we have to come in a certain weight. So we go into an event, we've got our targets, and if we turn up for the weigh in and you're above your target, then you get quite a, you got five grumpy people looking at you saying, well, why, why have we all now got to go for a run? Well, you need to, to be able to allow two, one, three, of the, four kilos yeah, one of the heavier guys that's yeah. one of the heavier guys that's grinding on the, on the bars needs to be able to be as heavy as they possibly can be right. In order to get the maximum power for the hydraulic. You're getting far too technical now. Is this, George, oh. that, that, that's it. You've got it. I've proven it. to Ben that I have listened for some of the years yeah. that we've been married, yeah. but, but that is how it goes, isn't it? That's, that's so they that's need right. to have maximum right. weight. Yeah. So, Oh, I'm, I'm constantly I trying to keep 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 the weight down a bit. So you but. should be like a jockey. Yes, but you're not S sort of a jockey on water. Yeah. So so what does the best money? What does the best diet look like? Oh, that's oh that's tricky because I I, I love good food. Yeah, I, I like like you, Georgia. I like good food. I like good food. I mean, when Stan comes to stay with Fee and the kids. I, I let them go straight in that kitchen because I love the Mediterranean way of life, fresh vegetables. I'm not cooking. He's straight in that kitchen. And it's beautiful fresh food and fish and I love meat. I, I, love, I love everything, but I, I don't eat a lot of junk. I mean, in fact, I don't eat junk. Um, um, you know, I, I, like, I like my red wine. I like, my, I like Stan's cocktail. You know, I'm, I'm not saying no to anything, but it's, it's really a very... It's, it's, I'm not doing it every night. I'm, I'm very vegetable, protein, fresh. I don't snack. I'm yeah. normal. I think that's the key. That's, that's that key. for me is the key thing. Like I don't, I don't, I don't snack. Even on movie sets, I don't 
really sad. That's I never, impressive. I don't eat processed food. I never yeah, yeah. have eaten processed food. I never liked processed food. Not even when you're uh, really bored. I, no, when I'm really bored, no. I, uh, I, I've learned on movie sets that you just can't, you know. If you're, I mean, there have been those nights where you, you know, you finish working and you're like, there's no place to eat. You're so exhausted. And, you're, and your dinner is basically a, a can of Pringles and <laughs> a beer in your sad hotel. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah. sometimes the actor's diet. Yeah, I've been, I've been there. It's a shocker. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. You know, you've worked out. You've done the thing. You've been so good all day trying to, and then you're like, that's my dinner, you know. Um, but I, think I would that, I think that not snack, not snacking is is the key thing. I don't eat sugar. I just don't. Mm. It doesn't sit well with me. Never has. I just don't eat it. I'm not interested in sweet things, and I think that helps a lot. But I think also what you guys were saying before is really key, which is it's really the consistency of of exercise that makes a huge, huge difference. And I know, you know, guys, I have friends and uh, men and women, but a lot of the guys, they'll go like, oh man, I haven't done anything for three months. And I'm like, how, how, how do you function? And as you get older to get, to go back and try to regain that and yeah. get to where you were just becomes harder and harder and harder every year. And to take that extra layer of whatever you've put on, you know, is going to take, twice as long to get rid of. And I, I've never, ever stopped. The only reason I ever stopped exercising was because of illness. And I think it's that consistency that really keeps you, you know, keeps you in, in, in balance. I agree, I agree. And when you totally came back from your illness, Dan, did you feel, when you came back from, from, from your illness, did, was there a moment where you felt, yes, okay, this is all clicking now again. This is getting, I'm getting back on track. I really feel like I'm, I'm getting stronger um, and um, I, I can feel like you can see the, the you know, the, the path ahead is a, is a much brighter one. Um, there wasn't really one moment because the hard thing about going through those treatments is that suddenly you'll feel better and then you, then it falls back a bit mm. and then you, get better i'm definitely i'm definitely there now but i can't say that there was one single single moment there's still parts of my body like my legs to i really need weights to build up my legs and um so that's the next challenge i'm gonna but, have to but also i don't have Stan, room for a leg machine you didn't you're, but also <laughs> you're, you're eating <laughs> You 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 weren't eating a, a much food, so it was like hard to build muscle. No, I couldn't eat. I had a feeding tube. Yeah, I would make I would make like um, I remember making like egg fried rice because I wanted to get like some protein and I needed some carbs, and I'm making it and then I would put like chicken broth in it and then I would puree it and put it into my feeding tube, you know, which was a syringe like this big. And about that that round, and I'd stick it right here, and inject it into. And then I would do it like with pasta and beans. I would do because <laughs> I couldn't eat it through my mouth, but I knew I needed the. And I do like lots of chicken broth, bone broth, all that sort of stuff to get it directly into me. 
Otherwise, it would take me, it would have taken me like four hours to eat it. And I couldn't even eat it. So that kind of stuff is like, I, to me, I just had to go, you know, they give you protein shakes and all that sort of stuff, mm. which just completely messed up Disgusting. my stomach. And I was like, no, I'm going to go back to my diet that I know and that my stomach can tolerate and that I know is going to build me back up again. And that's what it was. Yeah, because you have to have the food, obviously, to build the muscle. For somebody so passionate about food, that must have been, I mean, what on earth did that feel like? The idea of a, the idea of a feeding tube in itself is, is horrendous, but the reality of that and then actually you getting on top of that by making yourself something nutritious, I guess, was a way of controlling that or having some control over absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was, uh, it was horrible. I mean, it was horrible. I wanted, I was, you know, if I thought I would never, I was never going to get better, it felt like that, you know. And um, again, it, you just felt embarrassed. I felt embarrassed and I felt sad because I couldn't sit at a table with people. Um, it was too hard to eat. It was, things smelled awful and, you know, I couldn't swallow. I couldn't, you know, I still have difficulty. There are still certain things I won't eat in public because I can't really eat them well. Um, I always have to, I go for sort of softer foods. Um, and, but it was, you know, have, trying to inject yourself with, a concoction of something that is going to keep you healthy is really embarrassing. You know, you sort of pull yourself off into a corner and do it, or you do it up in your bedroom or whatever. Even in front of my family, I would feel embarrassed. Now, that's my own issue, but uh, I hated it, you know. Because I, I don't, don't think your weakness is... Yeah, you don't like to be in that sort of... You don't well, like to make a drama out of anything. You just... You, Stan's not that person. He's just like wants to get on with things. So <laughs> I think that was difficult to... I do. And that's... Attention. But that, what that does is... But what that does is it makes you angry. Yeah. Mm. So I was angry a lot, as my wife can attest to. I guess as well, it's like this this position of vulnerability, isn't it? That nobody really wants to be put in as well. It's that it's you know it's all those things, isn't it? Combined, which just make you, like you say, furious at the situation. Yeah, make you furious. To to feel that vulnerable is is infuriating and scary. Like it's it's scary because mm -hmm. you think, am I going to be like this for the rest of my life? Will I never be able to do those great workouts with Monique? Will I never be able to really sit? and have a great dinner with Monique and Danny again, you know, like, cause that's, that's what gives me the greatest joy in life. But look at Not us. Not just Monique and Danny. I mean, no. other people too, <laughs> but, you know. So what did you do, Stanley? You know, you didn't, weren't able to work out Monique, get that frustration out that way. So what was the mechanism yeah, to get through that? that? Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. <laughs> okay. Go, and I would watch stuff on my iPad or you go into the visual, you know, to sort of disconnect from how awful you feel because you're nauseous. I was nauseous 24 hours a day for months. Um, just felt so terribly ill from the effects of the radiation and the chemotherapy. It lasted a really, really long time. So you go into the visual, you know, to remove yourself from your kinesthetic self. Uh, and then eventually you start exercising and you can start to eat a little bit more and so on and so forth. And it's just, it's an incredible, it's been five years, you know, it's an incredibly slow process. 
Um, but I couldn't do much. I couldn't really read because I felt so sick. Um, it was weird. It was weird. Thank God for Pinterest and 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 pasta grannies. <clears throat> I don't know if you know that <laughs> show that's on um, uh, YouTube, but it's like six minute segments of these Italian women cooking. No one is under the age of eighty cooking. <laughs> pasta dishes from all over Italy. That's probably like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I would I watch that. Made, I bet I they, they never made that. the mistake of putting dried <laughs> spaghetti with bolognese. <laughs> oh, they did. Oh, no, they didn't. It's fine. <laughs> well, you anyway. I have to say, I have to tell you something which is going to make you feel, which is going to make you feel good now. I found myself last week, I was having the world's most stressful day and I was walking through the streets of London and I felt, I told Monique this actually, I felt very harassed and very, you know, um, threatened by all sorts of things that were going on in our, in our world. And I thought, oh, I, you know, I've got half an hour to walk from A to B. I'm going to put on Stanley's um, audio book. I'm going to oh, put God. it on and I'm going to listen to it and I'll, I'll get a couple of chapters in whilst I'm going from A to B. Well, you calmed me right down. I said to Monique, yeah. your voice is, is so lovely to listen to that I said you're almost like a replacement for, you know, that whale music that people listen to to get them to sleep <laughs> at night or something like that. I found myself thinking, oh, that the, the equivalent of whale music what for other people is Stanley for me. What it a is. compliment. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, just, it is, just think, I, I want you to feel good about that because it was a lovely moment. I, I've been, oh, I feel calm. Oh, you're very kind. I really appreciate that. And <laughs> I've been putting women to sleep for years. <laughs> I'd love Fee's comment on this. <laughs> but it's a funny, it's a funny thing. It's a funny thing, isn't it? An audio book for an actor. I was thinking though, an audio book for somebody like you. Well, that's, that's, a, that's brilliant. That's a gold an opportunity i mean that's that you're going to be great at that i was thinking of other audiobooks out there where people who have written the book aren't necessarily going to have those abilities to narrate it in such a way and you know that's a major downside if you if you're not an actor then the audio yeah. probably suffers hugely i always kind of cringe when you see the audiobook and some somebody wrote it and it says you know read by the author and you think oh no don't do that it's going you to know. be awful don't. yeah i mean i know you're a great writer but don't read it don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, can, I can think of one in particular. Yeah. Probably shouldn't go there. Prince Harry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Prince Harry's latest film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. anyway, never mind. We, can, we digress. Can, Monique, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, did you think that you would end up you know, years ago, I know you, you wanted to train people. Obviously, you were a dancer, but you wanted to train people. Did you think that you would end up doing what you're doing today? No. In the way that you're not. doing it? No. And I, I, I definitely didn't. I was just, you know, teaching in local halls and visiting people's houses and, you know, doing my thing. I'm very, I'm very disciplined human, so I was just doing my thing. But I think um, COVID, obviously change a lot and the generosity of Stan and Fee posting biceps by Monique on his Instagram suddenly blew everything <laughs> up into another sort of zone for me and it's been really the generosity of them as 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 my clients that have catapulted me into this online business I think I would have carried on yeah. plodding doing the same thing I've always done because I'm, I'm that kind of person I'll just keep on going and yeah, because you were driving. I don't know if people know, but you were driving into the city. So that was, 
you know, into London, that was you were like an hour and a half out of the city, right? Mm-hmm. On a on a good day. Yeah. And you would drive in and do a session or two and then drive home again. Like the amount of travel time and the amount of effort and somebody would be like in North London and somebody would yeah. be in three hours you North know, London. And you, you weren't charging no. ex- exorbitant amounts of money at all. In fact, you, you were undercharging. And in a, I suppose in a weird way, the, the, yeah, the COVID thing kind of helped. And, and, but also you had trained Emily. Yeah, I, tra- right? I used to Doing, go to um, Emily on set. Yeah, so I used to drive up to do a session with Emily at the end of her working day, either on set at Pinewood or Shepparton. Then I would go to either to her house when she was doing Mary Poppins. Then I'd try and um, get fit in another client because I I was teaching other clients maybe in Fulham or um, London Bridge. There was another client. Then there was one up in um, Hampstead. So it was I'd have to try and gel all the clients so that I went from there to there to there to there, and then obviously come up to Stan and Fee as well, where they were in South London, which was obviously the easiest one to get to. Um, but yeah, it was a constant in my car driving left, right, and centre, and just trying to juggle my local clients with the clients up in London. And when they fly in, can you get around their schedules as well? So it was completely exhausting. And then COVID <laughs> happened, and suddenly I, I had to learn to work a computer, which I'd never obviously sat in front of one in my life. <laughs> so then suddenly that happened. Thank God, my my daughter was locked in lockdown with me. Um, and then, you know, my, the gorgeous generosity of Stan and, and Fee posting that, suddenly everyone was like, who's this person? And it just went from there, which was great, which has been great. Was- How do you juggle all these people? You've got some serious names on your books, Monique. It's like a who's who of Hollywood A-listers. And then you've also got your regular clients too. I mean, how are you getting everybody where they need to be and, and keeping yourself sane at the same time? It is complete mayhem on a Sunday afternoon because everybody's diaries <laughs> then come into action. Um, but, you know, there's priorities as well. Of, and I also know kind of more or less where I, I kind of direct people to the, to the slot I want them in um, because then I know how I can fit my day. Um, and my local clients, I must be honest, have been amazing. They know that I have, when there's somebody filming, like if somebody's on a filming schedule, it's like Stan says, it's a crazy schedule. Um, so I, 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 they know that I'm working on a film with somebody. Um, so they, they know that I'm going to juggle them a little bit more during the week. Uh, well, America wakes up at about two-ish or one-ish. So I know, I know I've got the morning for the British clients and then I've got the American clients in the afternoon. So it is a, it's a constant juggle, but it only very rarely goes wrong, and and then I feel I hate it. I hate it when it goes wrong. I like to see everybody every week and be consistent with them. So I, I, I will find a, a space and a time. I, I'm just that person. There's something very special that happens though when you join Monique's class because when you join Monique's class and it's a live class, you very quickly everybody before they has a chance to turn their camera off and their sound off. you are projected into this sort of classroom setting environment and there was a moment where I did think could I be on the same fitness class as The Rock I mean because it could happen couldn't it it could conceivably happen I don't know I do think DJ would do my class and I did teach his gorgeous wife for a while um but and I watched him in the background my god he can lift some serious weights wow 
no, I don't know if he could be, but Stan <laughs> used to press you. Up. <laughs> yeah, no, he would bench. Oh, no, I'd be too light. He, he's, he lifts extreme. But Stan, you used to pitch up in, um, in the early lockdown. T I mean, everybody loved yeah, Stan and Fionn. Yeah, on you the, had everybody. It was, like, it was like half of so many different, you know, people I knew in England or in America or wherever, depending on the time, were there in the class. You had amazing. It was great. Uh, that was you had good amazing positive. people. It was really cool. You'd sort of go like, oh, hi, how are you? I haven't seen you for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, your, your friends in, in the acting world were there. It was you cool. just needed one of these for after. Like, let me yeah, just, well, let me just yes. cobble together a quick Negroni and we'll keep, keep everyone stay on the line and we'll all have a drink together after. To let, to let oh, George, every, everybody loved like having our version. Everybody loves signing in to know that Stan and Stan might be there on their screen. So they would all pitch up, which was great. So... That was that was a that was a fun time, I would say, when we were doing yeah, our of, Zoom calls. It's a little understand. creepy, but yeah. 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 <laughs> you, it's like you, my stalker us. club are here. <laughs> they made them no, work really lovely. Hard. It's actually it's it was yeah, no, it was a really it was a really it's a unique thing that you've got going on there. So that's that's very impressive. Um because we're on a performance people podcast, which is what this is, um, I wanted to ask you both for a performance hack. So something that we could both do better and everyone listening can do better watching um, every day that will really enhance their lives. So I don't know who wants to go first, but I'll put it out there as a performance hack. What do you mean? Like, what do you, what do you mean? What is that? What's one thing, what's one thing that you do every day which makes you perform better? If you had to put it oh, down to one oh, thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I see. A tip. Um, uh, a double espresso. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. Very good. I can. That's the best we've had yet. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Very good. <laughs> I'm uh, actually not kidding. No, he's not. <laughs> I love how real that is. That's a properly good, real yeah. tip. Perfect. Best we've had. Uh, Money. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously I have that as well, but I, I would say keep weights in your kitchen <laughs> and then you just trip over them and you have to pick them up. So you, you've got them there, Ooh, that's right good. there under your feet. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. I, I have that that's in the good. form of children's toys. Can I use children's yes, toys well, instead? No, I've got plenty yeah. of those heavy. sort of scattered around the place. Yeah. Or do you need a couple of oh, trust me, Some of them weights. are heavy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just pick my daughter up. That'll do it. That'll do it. All <laughs> right. Cheers, both of you. Thank you very much. It's still somewhere cheers. in the world. It is gin o'clock. So cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Cheers. Thank you so Not much. For us, Dan. Well, it's great. Yeah, Thanks, Thank you. Yeah, coffee. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Thanks. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you too. That was another really entertaining chat. Me Are you too. comfortable with the fact that I am a little bit in love with Stanley Tucci? Not really, but it's okay. <laughs> it's bit. okay, but no, he was well. They were both wonderful, so weren't they? lovely people. Yeah, and I think we had the best performance tip yet in this series, Honest. which was a double espresso. I mean, <laughs> yeah. absolute gold dust. So yeah, nice one. Stephen. Not like everyone can't just put that straight into their lives tomorrow morning, which is perfect. Um, on a more serious note, for me, my sort of takeaway was Stanley talking so honestly and candidly about serious illness and how to bounce back from that. I think a lot of people listening or watching will take such inspiration from a Hollywood A-lister talking 
about that um, and his experience um, of that and how obviously you need to be determined, but you also need to put the right safeguards in place in order to come back physically in the right way too. And he says he feels better than ever, um, yep. which, you know, for people who are going through something horrible at this moment in time, will, you know, they'll take great comfort yep. from that, I suspect. I think it was inspiring, wasn't it, listening to him talk about coming through that journey and out the other side. Yeah. Thank you for watching and or listening. This has been Performance People. We are Ben and Georgie Ainsley. And remember, from what we've learned today, leave weights hanging around in the kitchen so that you can trip them up and pick them up again. And you could either do that before or after your double espresso. 